Welcome to the Seedcast, brought to you by Armor Seed. Okay, we want to welcome everyone to our Seedcast this morning. Uh, we're privileged this morning to have the couple of Farm Credit guys with us, and we're really excited about what they've got to talk with us about. We've got James McJunkins, who's the CEO of Farm Credit, and then we also have Davey Crockett, who recently has announced his retirement as the Chief Credit Officer for Farm Credit, but we're pleased to have him here because he's still on as uh, in an advisory role with them. And so we're, we're excited to talk about farm financing this morning and get some of their expertise around what, what they know. And maybe we can translate that out to the farm community. So we're going to start off this morning and let each one of them introduce themselves, kind of give us a little brief, brief background and tell us how they got where they got. So James, why don't you start out this morning? Well, uh, James McJunkins, I, I started with, uh, farm credit in, uh, January of 1984, uh, started out uh, in Helena, Arkansas, uh, working uh, uh, in that branch. Um, and uh, so over the years, kind of worked my way through loan officer and, and credit and credit supervision and branch supervision. And so uh, it's been a, been a great career here uh, in the eastern part of Arkansas, working with the farmers, uh, being with farm credit uh, and uh uh, I, I originally grew up uh, in the southwest part of Arkansas, uh, a small uh, farm operation there. Uh, so, and after going to the University of Arkansas and uh, majoring in uh, ag business there, uh, got the opportunity to come over here. So, it's it's been a great uh, great career for me. What about you, Davey? Uh, David Crockett. Uh, I started in June of '83. Here in Jonesboro, uh, with the at that time was the Jonesboro PCA. Um, did that for about three years and uh, got an opportunity to go to work for the district bank, which in was at that time was in St. Louis. Now it's in St. Paul. Uh, worked for the district bank for about thirteen years. Uh, was able to come back to the association. Uh, did some internal review for. Uh, several years until the uh, chief credit officer retired at that time uh, and uh, took that position. Been doing that for about, I don't know, uh, 10, 12 years. That's, uh, that's my story. I'm lucky enough to be able to, you know, I've got 36 years in and, and spend all of that time here in Jonesboro. So. No man, that's, that's that's I bet that's unique, kind of a unique situation. Stay in one spot that whole time, All right? So we're going to transition a little bit and start to, and talk about farm credit. And uh, James, if you wouldn't mind, why don't you give us kind of the background of farm credit, maybe how it's structured, why it was established, just kind of the the full background of farm credit and and the story behind it. Well, um, first of all, farm credit's a cooperative. Uh, and the uh, original cooperative uh, goes all the way back to 1916. So we're a little over 100 years old for the first cooperative that was ever put together. Uh, and that in itself makes us very unique uh, in the standpoint that while our, our, our funding uh, comes by way of uh, bonds that are sold in New York, uh, our delivery system is through uh, the, the local uh, uh, cooperative. And so um, our, our farm credit here is uh, our, our, everybody who is a, a farmer borrower is an owner. Uh, 
uh, and they elect a board, and that board in turn uh, selects uh, the CEO, and the CEO then uh, uh, selects the the management team and and administers the operation. And we you know and and the, the board is involved in the policies and procedures, but they are not involved in individual loan request. In fact, most of the time, the board doesn't necessarily even see any names uh, unless we get a critical situation. But uh, they're, they're removed from that, and they, they're not part of that process. They're part of the governance of the organization, not the management and the operation. So, uh, and the other unique thing about us is, is uh, you know, we're, we're predominantly almost 100% agriculture. And if you, if you include rural uh, America, rural Arkansas as well, uh, we're 100% rural and ag financing. Um, we do a few rural homes and, and work with some agribusinesses. But that, that in itself is what attracted me and a lot of other people to work for farm credit is knowing that I'm dealing with farmers, and I'm dealing with farmers pretty much 100% of the time, and, and that's, uh, that's who you know, was attractive to me and, and many of our employees as well in, in working through that. What was the original thought behind the start of farm credit? Well, if you go back uh, <clears throat> at that particular time in 1916, uh, the, the farmers did not have a, a broad access to credit. Uh, they, the, in many rural communities, they may have had a, a single bank, uh, and so their, their access to funding was through pretty much a single uh, institution. And, and the, the main thing was there wasn't any availability for long-term financing. They, they may could get some short-term money, but the long-term money, uh, we're talking 10, 20, 30-year loans, uh, was not available at that time. So the, this was an avenue to try to help uh, provide that resource. So when you think about the farm credit system, has it accomplished what you think it was originally set up to accomplish? Oh uh, yes, I, I I think there and and more uh, to a large degree. We've uh, I think the original intent was again on those just real estate long term loans. Then the PCA side of the business, the production credit side of the business, actually came in in about 1923. That that charter came in. And then the Bank of Co-ops was set, a sister organization under the farm credit umbrella was established. And, and the Bank of Co-ops, uh, their primary focus is to make sure that large co-ops throughout the country uh, um, have access to funding, too. Uh, you know, we're, we're talking co-ops that are either food production co-ops or, or buying marketing co-ops. Uh, we have a lot of those uh, in our area, too, large institutions. I'm not sure that that most people around here really understand how large farm credit system is. Dave, you mentioned St. Paul. It's kind of the headquarters of the blanket. You Would you mind speaking to that just a little bit? How's the farm credit organization structured? Well, so the, the, there's a funding corp in New York that provides the funding, and today we historically had 12 district banks, very similar to the Federal Reserve. Uh, but today we have uh, four district banks that provide the avenue for that funding. Uh, 
if you look at all the farm credits in the nation, uh, it's somewhere in the neighborhood of about $290 billion in, in agricultural loans that are throughout the country. Uh, and there are uh, about 68 co-ops uh, under that. So we're one of 68. Uh, our size is right at a billion dollars in the 10 counties that we service. Uh, but there are farm, just like in other financial institutions, there are farm credit associations that are four states and 24 billion in size. And then there are some that are as small as 100 million in size. So um, it's um, uh, very diverse. Uh, again, it's because it depends upon that local group of stockholders. Uh, if, if our farmer stockholders, uh, they, uh, it, there's no merger that can take place without their vote uh, because they own the, uh, the co-op that, that uh, we service. So outside the fact that Farm Credit's a co-op, what would make Farm Credit different from a traditional bank? This is for, either, this is for both of you guys. What, when we think about traditional banking, what makes Farm Credit different from that? I, the first thing that comes into my mind is uh, we're, we're, we're uh, financing one single industry. Um, it, it doesn't allow for a lot of diversification to our portfolio. Uh, in other words, we can't have, uh, uh, you know, our port, uh, a bank's portfolio may consist of ag loans and commercial loans and, and personal loans and consumer loans and a wide variety of different loans, which really adds to some diversity for their portfolio and, and really uh, helps them uh, if they've got one segment that has a little bit of difficulty or struggles they're they're able to have those other segments so we you know we're we're 100 percent on the the ag side so we we focus on ag and that's uh and our capitalization we we're our capital position is around 20 percent uh which we carry a higher capital ratio primarily for that because we do not do not have a diverse portfolio the other thing that comes to mind is our profits go back to the owners, uh, and our owners are are the uh, customers, versus the uh, you know a bank has its stockholders, and you know that's their profit goes back to them. So you know patronage is is I think is is the difference. It's goes back to all customers, not just the own, bank owners. You know, right? Well, you guys. Uh, you know that I, at least I think that there would just be a lot of people that wouldn't they wouldn't know. You know they almost think about farm credit as being a bank, especially people who are not in farming, which we we have a lot of people who, are, who listen to this. So I really wanted them to kind of understand that. So when you guys think about your careers, both of you have long careers in financing with farm credit. What what are some of the changes that you've seen? in how farm financing is done, just the overall landscape of farm financing versus when maybe you started. James? Uh, well, uh, you know, it's um, th some of the principles are still basically the same, um, but the information that we obtain and how we get that information has probably changed dramatically. Um, you know, just as our farmers have evolved in uh, from technology, from their knowledge base, 
you know, it, it's amazing to me it, as to what all, uh, and I think a lot of people have no idea and maybe even some of our farmers take it for granted uh, as to the responsibility that they have. From, from everything from marketing to purchasing, uh, they're, they're essentially a CEO and, uh, and all the other titles included, uh, and many of them have to operate uh, by themselves to that degree. But, but our, um, you know, our communication, our access to information, uh, and our technology has changed so that, that uh, it's been a, what I have seen is the growth of our farmers. Uh, the, their ability, their knowledge, uh, their um, uh, diversification uh, and irrigation. If you started back in the 80s uh, and looked at the irrigation level that we had in these 10 counties, uh, we, we probably had less than 40% of our land irrigated at that time. It was a huge problem. Uh, and uh, so now we're, we're well irrigated. Uh, we got a lot of land improvements which has increased the diversity. Our farms in, in eastern Arkansas, you know, I, I have discussions with the folks in, in uh, Agribank in St. Paul from time to time, and they talk about concentration risk in a various commodities. Uh, they, they tend to think like a dairy farmer or a Midwest farmer who's corn and soybeans. And, and I, I have to explain to them that our farmers many of them may be farming five to six different commodities uh, and that they may be making decisions uh, about what commodity they're going to, to uh, utilize or grow that year based upon the price. That's, a, that's a, an opportunity that many farmers don't have uh, to, to have that kind of diversity. So the diversity, the knowledge base, uh, and, and the uh, uh, overall financial uh, uh, ability of the farmers to really think through their operations has really changed. David, what about you? Really, the, the thing that stands out uh, the most is the, the speed of information. Uh, technology allowing uh, everything from, you know, uh, getting requests from text uh, or, you know, uh, wires. Uh, we used to deliver checks to banks uh, at five different banks, run around and you know uh, take checks every day. Um, so that uh, that has really changed, and the uh, uh, the level of on-farm storage. Uh, when I first started, basically you had Riceland. You know, everybody was that's where everything went, and everybody now pretty much has some grain storage you know you guys just one thing i've observed a little bit and would like y'all's take on this is a little bit of third party financing from an input standpoint seems to be growing do you do you guys see that in your customer segment too so like seed chemist chemistry third you know more third party financing versus their actual production loan Oh, absolutely, uh, especially with the rate environment that we've had the last 10 or so years. You know, they've been able, uh, the suppliers have been able to come in with 0% financing. Uh, and, and that's had an impact on our, our operating loans, uh, you know, uh, usage. But, you know, a, a little bit different from a standpoint is when you're looking at it through a cooperative eyes, the success of our farmers is the success of our organization. So if our farmer is able to uh, save money 
you know, we've, we're going to be on board with that. Uh, we're going to do what we can to make sure that they have the other financing that they need, but it certainly had an impact on the market. Uh, there are some farm credits that have formed an alliance uh, and formed a group uh, that is providing some funding to these suppliers. Uh, and, uh, you know, so if, if we have an opportunity to be a part of some of that, we, we, we do what we can there as well. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, we're looking for, uh, you know, want our farmers to seek out opportunities to, to get the best return. Davey, on the, on the uh, decision-making side, from, from your standpoint, what's changed over the, over the years? You know, I'm sure when you first started in this business, the technology may be the thing that, that helps the most. Have you guys, I know you have, but, have, but speak to how you've gotten better at that decision-making process. Uh, well, I think the getting uh, better information, uh, when I first started, basically you'd take a balance sheet and, and that would be it. And that's, that's the only thing that you would, uh, base your decision off of. Um, uh, we've come full circle around and, and, and looking at, um, uh, better information, earnings information, um, the uh, scorecard lending, you know, our uh, the smaller loans are 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 now scored, and and you know you can have a two hour turnaround. You know that was that was unheard of. Uh, you know back when I I started. You know, um, just because of the backlog, it, it may be you know a week or two weeks before you got your you know you got your loan done and everything. You know, everything had to be typed up. So it was, everything was handled uh, two or three times, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, Technology's made everything, it, it, it's made everything easier, but there's also some challenges with that too. Obviously, oh, yeah. Security yeah. And, and other things, which just, you know, in in our previous uh, situation before we were part of Land Lakes, Armor Seed, we did all of our financing business with Farm Credit and you guys, have always had a really good website, really, uh, really up to date and easy to use. So I think that's something that that I personally have seen with with financing, and and also just have seen the industry kind of move there. People want their information readily available to them all the time, if, uh, and if it's not there, they they it, they get a little squirrely, don't they? Oh, it, you know, convenience is the is the word. I don't care if you're, you know, ordering a hamburger or or uh, getting getting your loan done. You know, trying to uh, convenience and turnaround time is the key, and certainly something we try to work on and focus on and 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 keep in mind as well. And and that's like Davy said, that's where uh, you know getting the information. Uh, uh, yeah, from a perspective of a of a of a borrower, just just providing good information so that you got a good picture of what your operations uh, capabilities are. It's, it's very helpful. So, one of the things I've uh, we talked about this before we came online. Uh, talk about the overall state of the farm economy a little bit. You know, we're bombarded. All of us are with information. A lot of it comes from commodity folks comes from seed companies comes from budgets they get from all different sources you know from from you guys standpoint as the financers what's what do you what do y'all think about the overall farm economy today i mean is it is it how's it feel to y'all 
Well, uh, you know, farming has always been in cycles. Uh, you can go back and chart it. It's no different than uh, commodity prices, and it, that's had a direct relation to those cycles. Uh, you know, you, you go through some great years, and we saw those, uh, you know, from 2010 to 2014, somewhere in there, you know, it, we, we saw some great years. We saw a lot of people jumping into farming. Uh, we saw a lot of the older farmers saying, you better watch out, you know, because uh, the downturn's coming. Um, as of today, I, I, we, we've been in this downturn a little longer uh, than, than you would expect. Uh, uh, we've had some, uh, you know, some issues with, uh, uh, from political standpoint, uh, both positive and negative in that, uh, and hoping that those work out uh, for us in the future. So, I, you know, it's, it's really commodity price driven. Um, you know, if you look at the markets today, you're seeing a little bit of more of a positive trend in that direction. Um, but, you know, when you talk about the farm economy, you can talk about it from the standpoint of a corn and bean farmer, or you can talk about it from the standpoint of an eastern Arkansas farmer, and it's going to be uh, based upon what, you know, or am I a rice and soybean guy, or am I a guy that's got cotton and, and other diversifications? So uh, we've, we've seen some that have weathered through this really well. Uh, we've we've seen others that have have struggled because of uh, you know maybe limitation on the amount of, of what they can diverse their operation to. Uh, I've been extremely impressed with how we've gone through three or four years or more here in a downturn and the resilience of our guys, I say our guys, our, our farmers, uh, and, and because we've got a lot of females that are that are if not as important probably the major drivers of these operations but the uh the just the resilience uh, of uh you know you look at the wet year we went through last year and and the wet spring we had this year and just amazing as to, as to what we can get done in a short period of time and how we can make things happen that's uh, it's been i think our area is uh doing better than other areas of the country well i i don't I don't disagree at all. I think partly because of our irrigation. Yeah. Like you spoke to earlier. All right. So let's transition a little bit here to just maybe a little bit more practical thought process around the loan process. I don't want to spend a ton of time on this, but I think people would find it interesting. I find it interesting. The customers, they kind of know what the process they go through to get a production loan or a rural loan, like you were speaking of. But what happens after that? What's the what what goes into you guys processing a loan and, and coming back with an answer? Well, one of the other things that, that differs from a bank is that um, uh, I think our approval, uh, our branch-level approval authorities, our, the loan officers have a, uh, a higher loan authority than, than a lot of banks do. So uh, in a lot of cases, they come in and – uh, they will, you know, provide their financial information, their plan to the to the loan officers. They'll go in and um, enter that into our loan package, uh, uh, whim, and provide any comments that you would, you know, that they would add to that, um, and uh, approve the loan and and 
it gets booked and dispersed and in some cases that's uh within a day or two you know so that's as far as the approval i mean it doesn't have to go any further than that now on larger type loans then if it's not if it's outside their approval or above their approval level then it would get, come up to a loan committee and uh, be approved there and then if it's uh, outside loan committee's approval then it would go to the district bank for uh, uh, post approval uh, I got but you. that's very large line of credit that's like 13 million dollars line of credit yeah I guess you know, that would need to go up there you got anything to add to that one well you know one of the aspects you mentioned earlier about what what have we seen that's changed it 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 uh you know I, it made me think that w one thing that uh our our farmers are much better at record keeping uh than they were 35 years ago uh and you know <clears throat> when when you're providing information and doc uh for a loan um uh, most of the you know the information is not uh, uh, a an opportunity to uh, find collateral to take collateral on somebody. the The process is is it, you're providing information to show uh, the the profitability of your farm uh, and your management, uh, how you've managed those funds, how you've handled them, where what what. Uh, so you're getting a good picture of the operation, and and what you're trying to show is the profitability of the operation, uh, uh, or the ability to produce earnings. And um, so I, I go back a few years ago, like Davey was talking about, and when we only took the balance sheet, and and we could make a lot of we could do a lot of things with the balance sheet to determine earnings standpoint or whatever. But it's only as good as the information you're getting. So, you know, it's kind of like garbage in, garbage out. So uh, the better picture that an, that an operator can show uh, of his operation, the easier it is to, to make those decisions. Um, and, and at the end of the day, uh, that's all you're trying to do is get a picture of the operation and, and where it's going and, and what, what, what it has the ability to do. When you guys think about uh, kind of a customer segment, if you will, I mean, you, we – we always have younger farmers coming into the system. We don't have near as many as we used to, which we need more. So maybe that maybe that'll be a trend that comes back to us. But you kind of think about it, you have you know you have your younger farmers, then you have your guys that have are kind of in the middles of their careers, and then you got the guys that are are kind of starting to think about, hey, I'm gonna turn this over to someone else. And each one of those segments kind of has a little different financial picture. You know what? What do y'all see? Uh, how do the the folks that are coming into the farm? How are they successful? The ones that are successful. How, what are the commonalities there that get them to that spot where they could turn that farm over to a, another generation or another farmer, or maybe even someone who works for them? What have, What have y'all seen over the years that that are that make them successful? Well, uh, the successful young farmers that we've seen are those who have a good farming mentor uh, those who have a, another farmer out there it could be a family member it may not be a family member but if they had a good mentor out there to help them to work with them help them in their decision making you know from a lender standpoint that those are a lot of areas we can't get involved in 
uh, in, in helping people make decisions about their operation. Um, and, and, and those that we've seen that have had good mentors, the, the other key is what, how do they have access to some decent land to farm? Uh, so you get a young, young person that has access to, to some decent land and access to a mentor the, the lending side is very easy at the, after that point. Uh, and, and, you know, we have op, uh, opportunities through FSA guarantees and things like that to not have to worry about the collateral side at all. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, if, if we've got someone with a good mentor and some decent land to farm, uh, the, 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 the financing side is, is pretty much a breeze when it comes to that, uh, utilizing the guarantee program. You, can you think of any, if, if you know, I, I heard this saying one time, I was talking about the difference between intelligence and wisdom, and basically wisdom was being able to take someone else's mistakes and not make them. So when you when y'all think about that, what, what are some of the challenges that young farmers wouldn't know about, or even that middle segment, you know, that wouldn't wouldn't know about, that, that if they could know about it, it would uh, help them along the way? Um, you know, uh, marketing by far. It has to be, it, it, it's, a, it's a discipline uh, that really, uh, you know, production is a given today. If you rewind 35 years ago, there, there was a lot of volatility in production from this farmer to that farmer. Uh, and, and a lot of times uh, the decision based upon the quality of the farm operation was based upon, you know, the yields and things of that nature. And while it's still a little bit different today, it, uh, our yields are pretty consistent, you know, overall. So, and where we have irrigation and we have a lot of technology, so our production is, we've got that side pretty well nailed down. It's the other side of the equation on the price side that we, we seem to struggle with. And, and a lot of times the struggle is just being able to have a little bit of a discipline about, you know, hey, I need to book or I need to market a profit when there is a profit and whatever happens to the market up or down past that point, so be it. I'm, I'm like, like an old farmer used to told me down in Phillips County one time, he said, you'll never go broke booking a profit. And that was a strategy he took that regardless of whatever happens to the market, uh, after he booked, if he booked a profit, that's all he needed. That's one of the things I think technology has actually hurt us in is because the growers, I mean, me, myself, even with some some stuff that I have to book, I, I have readily available the price all the time. I mean, I watch it go up, watch it go down. You know, once I make a decision, then I have to watch the market either go up or go down against that decision. To me, that's that's where technologies hurt us. It's that kind of that fear of missing out. We talked about that before we got on is kind of hitting the home runs, not wanting the doubles and the triples or even the singles. And I, I hope that trend, I hope that trend goes away. Because I think that's one of the biggest threats to to people's uh, operations. Do you, would y'all agree with that? Oh yeah, I mean, and as Davey mentioned earlier, the having on farm storage has increased that capacity to do some marketing and increase your time span as to when when you can book or you know how long do you your pricing options on that. So uh, we've seen some operations, you know, truly be very very successful. Uh, not because they could make a better yield than the guy next door, but because they did a great job on the marketing side. Yeah, I agree. I, that's it's one of the things I see that that actually 
I've talked to a numer- numerous girls about this, and it's hard for them to understand until they do it. But there's a there's a little bit of a calm that comes when you know your production cost, you know you've booked into a market and you're profitable. There's just kind of a the anxiety level can I mean it can get obviously get shifted back to the weather or yeah. something else, but the financial side of it kind of kind of moves along. Y'all y'all see that too? Oh yeah, and and they uh, you know the the. Uh, uh, and it's not because the good marketers are are hitting the high prices. They're not. They're just not hitting the lows. Uh, and and you know they're they're hitting some prices at a profitable level. And then when the market does bottom out, you know they're they're uh, they're able to to move ahead because they've already put some pricing in place. The other challenge I think is that. Uh, Growing too fast, um, you know, bigger is not always better. You might you might pick up this other farm over here, but it's subpar. But it's open, and you think you got to have it. In some cases, that's uh, you know uh, that has hurt some some folks uh, um, trying to grow too fast. And uh, yeah, we kind of get into a little bit of a machinery cycle there. You know, I don't know how many times I hear somebody say, well, I've had another 400 acres I could spread my combine cost, which is all true. You just don't want to spread your combine cost across ground that you're not making any money on. Right? You haven't <laughs> accomplished anything, yeah, right? Uh, one of the things that I wanted to, to y'all to speak to today, because I hear it when I talk to people, uh, you know, with us being in the seed business, a lot of people come in and ask about budgets because our what we sell is one of the largest things that they have to purchase. So I talk about each individual trait and how, what it's going to cost to produce that. But they always end up asking me about working capital because I know from working with you guys, that's very important to farm credit. And I think sometimes that's seen as it's important to you farm credit. And sometimes the, the customers don't understand why it should be important to them. I, I would like for y'all to speak to that and talk about how important working capital is to a farming operation. If, if, if you wouldn't mind speak to that, I think it'd really be helpful. Well, it's, it's the safety net. I mean, that's, um, I think that's what has kept a lot of our, uh, farmers, uh, farming is because they were able to, um, to accumulate some working capital during those good years. And, and some of that has, they have used some of that, uh, during these lean times. Um, so basically that's, that's what we look at. That is, that's the first line of defense against a, a subpar year. Yeah. So in the case of like, I think it was last year where rice milling yields were down some along with rice yields. So even though we had, you know, decent pricing. I'm sure I'd get some some arguments around that one, but decent pricing. Uh, still, there were situations where maybe a traditional field that had made a guy money maybe didn't, and so his working capital can step in there and prop. You know, hate to use the word prop, but kind of prop up that that operation. And the unique thing, y- y'all correct me if I'm wrong here, but the unique thing about the farming operations is that that working capital is unlike a lot of different businesses is mostly cash so you know the old saying cash is king 
is certainly applicable in farming operations. Is that? Do y'all see that? I mean, I, I don't, I'm not the finance guy, but I don't, but I, it feels like that's the case. Well, it's cash or equity in in inventory, right? Um, that may not be immediately turned into cash, but it's you used in the operation will be coming in during the year. Yeah. Yeah. Short term yeah. assets, Short-term. which right. for us in farming operations are, are basically all cash or inventory. Uh, and, and that's what I, I think a lot of times maybe people don't understand. Once you understand that it's cash and how it helps, it, it kind of helps a little bit. Yeah. It, it's, uh, you know, your, your financial management, uh, is another aspect. So we, we talked about production, yield, and price to get, to, to get our earnings. And then once we obtain those earnings, then, then what's the best utilization of those earnings? Is it, is it equipment? Is it land? Uh, you know, I had, had a large farmer uh, in one of our counties uh, give a presentation to some young farmers one time, and he said, you know, you have to understand that equipment is an expense. Uh, and that, you know, it's not an investment. Uh, it's an expense. It will depreciate. It will, it will devalue. It will go away. And you need to treat it as such. And, and, and in his analogy, you know, the only two places that you have uh, to, to go with those earnings is into the land uh, or into cash. Uh, and, and where is the better utilization of those funds? The thing that working capital, as Davey mentioned, it's your first line of defense in a year of adversity, but it's your fir- it's also your first line of opportunity it, for purchasing. Uh, you know, uh, it it's uh, those individuals who have built working capital uh, will be the first ones to step out in an adverse year and purchase property and purchase land or or other assets because they have that working capital built up. Gives them it empowers them. Uh, it's, it's really, you know, contra to loaning money because if you've got quite a bit of working capital, that means you're not going to use much of the operating loan. So why would I be preaching that? Well, I'm preaching it because that's what you need as a producer to make you independent and strong and, and put those decisions in your hands and not the creditors. So we, we talked a little bit about marketing, talked a little bit about working capital anything else you guys can think of on the challenge side that that really these fundamentals are not just for younger farmers i mean any farmers if, when we think about the the fundamentals there's they're always there anything else you can think of uh, that we that we hadn't covered as far as the a challenge or something they could work on you know i if i as far as not necessarily a challenge but I would encourage farmers to utilize the resources that are available out here. Uh, you know, I, there was a statement in one of Clint Eastwood's movies that a man's got to recognize his limitations. And when you realize what your limitations are, you know, I'm not a good marketer or I'm, I'm, I'm not good on uh, the scouting side, so I hire a scout. Uh, I'm not good on this side of my farming operation, so I get a resource to help me in that area. Utilize the resources. We have a lot of people in our area from marketing to even individuals with the university as far as budgeting and, and all kinds of resources that I don't think any other industry has. You know, if you were if you were going out here and going to open up a a, a, a 
a local filling station in a corner, you're not going to have a resource through the extension service or anybody else to help you uh, get in that business. But farming has a lot of a lot of people and a lot of resources, so so utilize those. That's good advice. Well, James, why don't you speak just a little bit about the alternative kind of financing you guys do, not just farmer financing, but I know in my case, I'm very familiar with this because you used to work with us with Armor, but what, what other kind of financing does Farm Credit do? Well, uh, our regulations do limit us on any non-farmer uh, type financing. So, you know, we, we try to work uh Number one, with any agri business that we can, that that we can uh, finance through regulations, uh, we we deal with uh, elevators, uh, suppliers, um, uh, other dealers that may be dealing in ag equipment. Uh, we deal with uh, farm related type businesses. Maybe someone has a custom business of, uh, maybe they're not a farmer, but they're custom uh, application. Uh, of chemicals, maybe they're custom hauling, maybe custom harvesting. Uh, we can deal with any of that type of relationship. So if somebody's got anything to do with with uh, the farmer operation, uh, our one of our most recent ones uh, is Delta Peanut. Um, you know, we were uh, we had a lot of uh, of our farmers who were interested, who were beginning to get involved in that, and so we got uh, excited about it as well. Uh, we sent some of our lending team uh, to Georgia so that we could become educated and informed on not only the peanut growing business, but so that we could know uh, maybe even through these processors and, and shellers, uh, which they had had some experience in as to what to look for. And uh, so we utilized that. We And our team came back and, and got on board, and uh, we, we've been a, a big part of that. Uh, operation as well so that that's an example of something recently that we've been involved in okay well we're, we're kind of up against our time here so i i want to uh, thank you both for coming i think it's been very informative you farm credit's a huge asset to northeast arkansas and of course the farming community so really appreciate your input thanks for coming appreciate it thank you this is the Seedcast, brought to you by armor seed start strong plant armor